welcome to episode X of Connected on Relay FM. This episode of Connected is brought to you by our friends at lynda.com, where you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by industry experts. For a free trial, visit lynda.com slash connected, and also our friends at Hover, Simplified Domain Management. My name is Mike Hurley. I am joined, as always, by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hi, Federico. Hey, Mike. And Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hey, boys. Guys, big show today. Big, uh, big busy week. Yeah, lots of lots of little lovely things to talk about, um, including an Apple event, I, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the the last show to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess it wasn't it wasn't too bad to be the last show to talk about it. Like there wasn't. No, we can sound super smart because we know what everybody else said. Yeah. Well, uh, it was actually like 30 minutes of new stuff and 30 minutes of recap yeah. of old features and iOS 8, which was kind of weird, I think. So we can recap the recap and recap the new stuff. Yes, yeah. it's going to recap being all the way down. We should be Recapping like, like, sounds like a knee surgery. <laughs> we should be the tech meme of Apple events. Oh, no. Explain to me what this means to you, Federico. I'm interested to know. Like, do you know when you go on Tech Meme and you get all these headlines with the summaries Mm -hmm. about a specific topic and, like, you have the bigger summary and, like, you have smaller headlines from, like, other websites? So if we do the recap of the recap, we can be sort of, like, aggregating news, you know? Just read Tech Meme to our audience. Like, just go to Tech Meme, read it all out. Like we have fine. Craig Federighi as a, as a bigger headline, and then we have Tim Cook, you know? Like, we, we could do, like, a little chart, you know? This is, a, this is a fantastic business. This is a fantastic business idea, and you're, you're not getting it. Trust me. Yeah, I think we need a bit more blue sky thinkaneering in here. Um, <laughs> Did you say thinkaneering? Mm-hmm. God. <laughs> You're clearly, you're clearly not synergizing your stop. Wow. Stop wow. talking. <laughs> I'm going to put you in the parking lot. <laughs> Let's do. Uh, well, Mike is up. Mike is going to be in a parking lot in a few in a few weeks. So. <laughs> <That's> a <good laughs> I live. I'm going to be permanently put in the parking lot. Yeah, just living in a parking lot. Uh, follow up. Let's do follow up. So follow up. <clears> that kind of hurt my throat. Uh, iPad versus Mac factors. Listeners wrote in questioning. So we talked a lot about could Federico work just from a Mac or excuse me, just from an iPad. Could oh, I nice get rid one. of iOS? You see, it was, it was subtle, but then we called attention to it and now we're still talking about it. So uh, a couple of things, I was going to run these by you real quick, uh, typing speed and accuracy. So I am terrible on the iPad keyboard, both sizes. What about you guys? Uh, I th- I'm definitely faster on the iPhone than I think anything, <laughs> um, and I th- but I think everybody knows that I'm accurate on nothing. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I'm a whole faster. website. I think I'm faster on the iPad Mini in portrait mode. Like I'm super fast in in that orientation. Like surprisingly fast. Even um, I'm faster than the iPhone on the iPad Mini, huh. and now that I'm getting. A new iPad, which we're going to talk about in a bit. Um, I'm kind of afraid that I will lose my ability to to be a fast uh, thumb typer, typist. What's the proper noun for this? Like thumb typist? Thumb typist. Like yeah, a... thumb typist, typist works, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm very fast on the iPad mini. In fact, I'm faster in that, you know, sort of setup than in landscape mode on the iPad mini because in landscape, when I try to use like two or four fingers, I'm slower because, the, you know, I kind of cannot type with, you know, due to the space between the letters and, the, you know, the keys. Yeah, I prefer the iPad mini in portrait mode and I never use uh, the split keyboard, never. It's just yeah, it's weird. it's yeah, it's really weird. I um, always like the split keyboard. I, I have to say that 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 landscape typing on the six plus is just a middle ground of horror. Like <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> there's there's Shut no good there's no good way to do it. Like you're you can't like try, trying to type in the middle with your thumbs is uncomfortable because you kind of can't really reach that well into the middle so much just to make it comfortable and you can't like put it onto the table and type with your like multiple fingers because the keys are too small so i don't i mean i never typed in landscape anyway and i still don't type in landscape so i'm not losing anything but it really isn't that great if they put a split keyboard on this and just so i could use two thumbs like that would be awesome i would be happy with that and that would work really well for me but i'm just waiting just waiting guys and yes i know there are scammy weird keyboards that allow me to do it uh but i'm I'm just not on board with them uh i don't like them and they're weird so i will not use them up next file storage stinks on ios i uh i kind of agree i think until icloud drive and document providers kind of become more widespread like it's really cool you can use document providers and iwork now um except dropbox inexplicably just doesn't even nearly work at all is well, that still it's still really new i mean I, I think it will uh, i think that file storage and like file management which i think is what this question is really about will improve much like like this is the worst it will be like it will only get better yeah because it's it would be harder to be you know more problematic than this um you know, there's a Dropbox and a bunch of other document providers that don't really work right now. Uh, another one is, uh, I think, um, Quip is having issues when you try to open documents from other apps. Um, I think that in theory, um, iCloud Drive and the the fact that you can open documents from, from other apps is a great feature. Uh, it just needs to be a little more uh, reliable and faster. Um, especially faster because um, every time I try to, to open a document from iCloud Drive, it, it takes ages to load for me. And, you know, like you said, it, could only, it can only get better. So uh, they need to get better uh, faster. Like, I don't want to wait, like, four months as we did for iOS 7 last year. So hopefully Apple will be faster this time. I also yeah. forgot to make a point. <laughs> I also forgot to make a point about the keyboard, Stephen. Um, okay. Is that a, is that I I sometimes actually no I often prefer to write to write on the iPad Mini um, on the iPad in general I guess uh, because I'm I feel like I'm more focused on what I'm doing whereas when I try to write on the Mac you know this may sound crazy to you uh, all these windows like they they bother me at this point because I'm I'm used to open an app, 
I only see the text. I can mute notifications easily. I don't see the background. I don't see the desktop. I don't see the doc. I only see, you know, the document and text. And, you know, I can just, I, I'm super, this sounds like one of those pro productivity blogs. <laughs> I, I, I'm very productive in that way. Um, yeah, and not and, and, teachy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that kind of goes to the, the next item we have as well of, of multiple apps at once. Federico, you say that. And for me, it's really the opposite where I'm like, if I'm writing an article, like where you'd use that as our sort of common ground example, I'm actually much faster on OS 10 because I can pull in like 14. Like when I write, I've got 1400 Safari tabs open or I've got. Uh, you know, a PDF of like technical documentation or something. So it's for me the like the the K. Yeah, I just got I just got the K base saved all out as uh, text files. It's much like I, I understand like the the minimalism like iPad writing thing, and and it no, is don't, like don't say like that. I, I don't I didn't okay. mean to sound so fancy. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, I don't like this. I don't like that attitude. It's just I I like to see one thing at a time. It's not about you know minimalism and that sort of lifestyle. Uh, my desk is a mess right now. I have like a bunch of cups of coffee and I have a sock yeah. on my desk because it's you just guys focus, told me right? you guys told me to keep a sock on my microphone when I don't use it. So there's a sock right now. Well, that's so people know that. Never mind. Uh, so, uh, I mean, so the, the question then becomes, like, if we didn't see it last week and we haven't seen it yet, but if, like, side-by-side -side iPad apps are a thing, like, would that, that would be helpful for me the way that I work. Would it be, like, a something that you would avoid using because it would be distracting? I think it depends. Uh, like, I'm so used to writing in a tutorial right now that I, and because there's the browser, uh, which is only, you know, you can swipe in a tutorial and you switch from the text editor to the browser. Right now, I'm, I'm very much used to having that kind of workflow uh, in the app. But you're right that, you know, when I use other apps, such as uh, Mail and Safari, for instance, or maybe it's Evernote and Safari, I think I would like the ability to, to see multiple stuff at the same time. I only fear that, on the other hand, it'll add complication to the interface. So right now there's a, this idea, right, that Apple is going to do split view multitasking. And based on a bunch of rumors, uh, it is going to be uh, the kind of multitasking where you can decide the size of the, the second app that you show on the screen. So there's like a sidebar mode which is the other app is really narrow by the side of the screen there's a, a larger panel mode but i'm kind of afraid that it'll be like i don't want my ipad to become a computer in the sense that i don't want to see windows and stuff so i hope that whatever apple does it will not be weird i hope that, it, that they, if they really do it, it i hope that it's simple like and I hope that it's an option, not something that necessarily always happens. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you need to do it if you want it. Yeah. What about you, Mike? I think to, kind of to go back to what you were talking about a bit earlier, Stephen, about multiple apps and stuff like that. 
what I've started to realize is that I, as I'm starting to do more business things, um, I'm starting to realize how much slower I am doing things on iOS. Like anything that requires a spreadsheet, of which I do not lots, but I, I frequently do things in spreadsheets, iOS just can't cope with stuff like that. It's so It takes so much longer to do everything, like everything. Um, like And even like formatting things. Like if I want to take what's in a Google spreadsheet and I want to copy that and paste it into an email, on the Mac it retains some of the formatting. On iOS, it just pastes its, pastes its text, which is not good in any way. Um, many things I'm finding recently are harder for me to do on iOS than they are for the Mac, or harder for me to do in a way that I feel gives comparable output quality. Um, I don't feel this to be the inverse. And what I'm finding recently is that I'm kind of, I've got this like, I'll do it later attitude as in I will do it when I get back to a Mac as opposed to trying to fight iOS into doing this for me. Mm. Mike, don't you think that the problem may be Google instead of iOS? No, because I've tried um I, I tried to use numbers the other day and mm-hmm. numbers is not good. Uh okay. like for example, I wanted to take this is a very common thing uh in, in a spreadsheet application. I had a column and I had like 10 rows and I wanted to take one piece of text and copy it across, across uh, down across all of the rows. Um, in mm-hmm. Google Drive and in Google Sheets, for example, you get an extra little selector you can select and pull it down and it will just copy it the whole way. Couldn't find a way to do it on iOS. If there is a way, I don't know what the way was. Plus trying to enter lots of information into a number spreadsheet. <laughs> it's unpleasant. It's a nightmare. On iOS, it's just a nightmare. It's actually all of that stuff is easier to do on Google Sheets, um, but just the formatting doesn't stay very good. But yeah, then I guess I could maybe copy it into Google. But, it, but that's the thing, right? For me to get one, to me to get the output that I want, I may have to use like three different applications to try and get that. And you need a yeah, uh, I agree workflow. that I agree that you know text selection and support for rich text are the two one of the two big things that I that I hope Apple fixes next year especially text selection because it's so it's so weird especially when you like there's a bunch of text related issues in various iOS apps like when you try to select text and the keyboard comes up and like the text flickers or maybe you lose the selection or maybe you select some text and you want to scroll under the keyboard and you cannot scroll because everything gets weird and <laughs> I think the yeah. problem is that different developers are doing different things, uh, but I also think that you know the iOS text framework has a few problems. So I hope that the ne- next year we'll get different you know text selection features. Um, I also wanted to say, however, um, thanks to you know extensions and new stuff in iOS eight. Um, like the other day, I was I was waiting in my car and I wanted to do some you know I needed to wait like. 30 minutes, uh, I was like, I should do some, some Mac stories work. Um, so at one point I needed to get um, the, the, the link for an, to an image for, for a blog post. And I was like, oh no, I, I cannot do this on the iPad because I, um, you know, I cannot view the source code of a, of a web page because the, the, the image link was, a, was a, on a web page on Mac stories. And then I remembered that now there's an extension to do that. So I used the view source extension in Safari. I grabbed 
the the image link. Then I use clips. You know the, you know, the, the widget. To I love clips. Shift. I love it. Yeah, so good. I I use clips to to you know archive a couple of snippets. Then I went to 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 my text editor. I pulled everything back together, and yeah, yeah, that was that was really nice because you like sometimes on iOS eight, I I get the feeling like I don't remember the new stuff exists, and then I remember and I'm happy. You know, there's a probably a German yeah. word for this. <laughs> I have found <laughs> I have found that I that some of these things on iOS eight is making working on iOS a lot better. Like, mm-hmm. for example, like if I wanted to take a tweet and put it into our show notes document, what I used to do was I used to co- like go into Tweetbot, hold, copy the tweet link, go over to the document, paste it, go back to Tweetbot, copy the text of the tweet, go back in, paste it. Now I just hold it, I wait for the share sheet to pop up, I click clips, I select like title and URL, I copy the whole thing, write over, and that's one paste. And that's so much faster to do. And to have to keep jumping backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, yeah, really. Uh, there are little things like that, that that are making it a lot easier. But I agree with you, Federico. About half the time, I forget to even look for these things, so it's yeah. going to take take time to embed this sort of different way of working. But when it does work, it's magical. Yeah, I guess next year we'll see extension points uh, in the copy and paste menu. I mean that that makes sense, right? Yeah. yeah. So what about uh what about real computers? Did anybody buy a Mac Mini? <laughs> nope. Are you going to? I don't know. <laughs> I need to buy an iPad first. Uh what about you, Mike? You were you and I were kinda of talking an iMessage the other day. Did you end up ordering anything? I haven't yet, but I plan to. Um I think that a Mac Mini is going to be a good upgrade um, for me going forward because I I want to move to something that has an SSD in it primarily um, as a key thing for me. But um, I am not 100%. I'm not 100% sure what route that I'm going to go down because, you know, I've spoken about my weird little things that I want and don't want. But I think that just an upgraded Mac Mini... um, it's going to be the thing that I will go for next. Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, I'm not. I'm not looking to buy a new Mac Mini. Mine is uh, now two years, two or three years old. It's got SSD in it. It's got a bunch of RAM. The, you know, there's there's a some stuff floating around. There's a link in the show notes. The, you know, the new Mac Mini is much harder to get into than the old one. You have to use a suction cup. There's a security screws. Uh, the RAM is soldered to the board. If you do a Fusion Drive or an SSD, it's on the board like the MacBook Air. But it's it's sort of disappointing. I figured that if they did that sort of stuff, the form factor would change, and the form factor didn't change because you can still get a hard drive in almost, if not all of them. And so it's still the same size, but it's much harder to to get in and, and deal with. I think that's a real bummer, you know, the the RAM being soldered doesn't save them any space inside. It's still the same size. Clearly they're doing it to simplify and maybe with an eye towards the future of shrinking the Mac mini. But the, especially that $499 machine, like it's not a great machine. It's a 1.4 gig CPU, not a ton of RAM, uh, slow hard drive, which is a major pain to replace on the Mac mini now with those security screws. And so it's a, it's a little disappointing as someone who likes to, 
to tinker with things. But I understand that like I'm a dinosaur and the way the future is, you know, sealed, sealed machines. Um, we did have a question. Someone was like, well, what machines can you upgrade RAM in? And now it's only the 27 inch iMac, 27 inch iMac with retina display and the Mac pro everything else has RAM soldered to the board. And so if you're buying a new machine, like save up the extra 200 bucks and like max out the RAM if you want to keep it because you can't, you can't circle back a couple years later and increase the amount of amount of memory. <sighs> That's my soapbox for the day. I think you're just going to have to get used to it, I'm afraid, buddy. This is the world oh, yeah. we live in though, right? Oh, yeah. That's what I say. Like, I understand, like, this is the way that it is, but, you know, like, a 499 Mac Mini only comes with 4 gigs of RAM is sort of insane. Like, um, it's not... It's kind of in line with, like, 16 gigabyte iPad and iPhones. It's just not a good experience for people who want to buy the base model. And I get that Apple's trying to push people up the chain, and we're going to talk about that uh, when we get to the iPad. But it's it's like really like four gigs of RAM and a 500 gig slow hard drive. Like I understand the Mac the Mac Mini only costs five hundred dollars, but that's not awesome at all. Anyways, last piece of follow up. I received my case finally. Um, the blue one. The blue one, and I love it. I love having a big bright blue iPhone. <laughs> It's just a nice thing to have. I feel like I have the Lumia phone I always wanted. Oh. Because it's no nice and soft phone. to the touch and it's bright blue. And like, uh, it's not as grippy as uh, the, the the Spigen case that I had previously, but it's grippy enough, but it just looks really great and it feels really great. Yeah. And I'm very happy. And I have a nice and Apple it, logo on the and back. And as I said, the Apple logo is embossed in the back of it. Uh huh. So you can't, I, um, can't be wrong about it. Uh, I've taken mine out of the case because Federico told me to live life. Right. And I'm, I've been living life for a week now and my phone is still in one piece. So we'll see how next week goes. Have you been enjoying life more, Stephen? Cool. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into the answering that question, but I would say, I would say, sure. sure. Wow, wow, that's that's it's quite big. I think we need to call we need to call Apple because uh, we've got some we've got some problems here that we need to address. Clearly, people's lives are improved if they stop selling these cases. Although I would say that my life has improved um, since I got my case. So. You should. Uh, you're looking up. You're on the sunny side of life. Okay. Let's take a quick break to thank our first sponsor this week, and that is our friends over at lynda.com. lynda.com is an easy and affordable way to help individuals and organizations learn. You can instantly stream thousands of courses created by experts on software, web development, graphic design, and so much more. lynda.com makes sure that they work with experts, not just experts in the software and the hardware, and the tools, and the tips, and the tricks that they're going to teach you, but also experts that are able to produce this content at the very highest quality. They use people that know what they're talking about, and they use people that know how to create it in a fantastic and beautiful way. All of Linda's courses are broken down into bite-sized pieces, so you're able to learn at your own pace from start to finish, back to front, or you can jump in and just find a quick answer. They make this even easier with their tools like searchable transcripts that allow you to go in and check something a little later on. Uh, maybe you want to go and find it. Oh, what did that guy say about how to 
adjust the exposure settings and the photography course that I watched, well, you can go in and do that. Uh, maybe you want to learn, when I say you can learn at your own pace, maybe you want to set up a playlist for yourself and you want to learn this course one day and this course the next day and set out your own little course syllabus where you can do that. And you can also learn on the go with their apps for iPhone, iPad and Android. I, I think that Lynda.com is awesome for everyone, beginner or advanced, they have courses for you. And, and that's really good because you can kind of pick the type of thing that you want to learn more about and you can start at any stage. They don't just make beginners courses, they don't make just experts courses, they make all of them in between. They have great overview courses, they have courses that dive in deep on a certain topic of a subject, it's, it's really cool. Lynda.com has over 100,000 video tutorials and they have one low monthly price of $25 to give you access to them. Unlimited access. I want to highlight some of the types of things that I've found whilst looking through Lynda this week. Maybe you want to learn some web design stuff. They have courses in every language available. HTML, CSS, Drupal, jQuery, Node.js, you name it, they have it. They can even help you learn how to make your site responsive and be like one of the cool kids. Um, maybe you want to learn about how to write an iBooks author book. They have courses about getting to grips with the tools, but also showing you how you could create specific books for use in the classroom, if that's the kind of thing that you want. You know, you could create like a an English lesson guide or something and distribute it to your students. Or maybe you want to pick up a new hobby. Maybe photography is the new thing for you. They can help you out with all the practical things like lighting and how to snap that perfect portrait. But they can also teach you skills in all of the major photography apps like Lightroom, Aperture, Photoshop, and so much more. We've worked out a great deal with lynda.com to provide you with a special offer to access all of their courses for free for seven days. Visit lynda.com slash connected, that's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash connected and sign up right now and also help support this show. Thank you so much to Linda for their support of this show and Relay FM. So we had a, a question from listener Josh who kind of wanted to know what services and apps we were using for email. And we addressed this like a year ago on the old show, but I thought it'd be worth uh, revisiting. Um, so I guess I'll go first. Uh, I'm all iCloud for personal stuff with the iOS and OS 10 mail app. Uh, Relay in 512 is uh, those email accounts are hosted at Fastmail, which if you're, if you're looking for a mail service, Fastmail is really great. And uh, the day job is Google Apps, which I use in uh, the Gmail app for iOS and MailPlane for OS X. So work is separate. I can turn it off on the weekends and uh, still get all my personal and side email uh, through the built-in app. I'm still on Rackspace email for all my Mac stories email. Uh, we have like um, six or seven mailboxes for the team. And I'm using uh, Apple Mail on OS X, um, also Mail on the iPad because I couldn't find a great third-party client for the iPad yet. And on the iPhone, I'm using the awesome, fantastic, excellent uh, Dispatch from the same guys behind uh, Clips. And for personal stuff, I'm using iCloud. I still have a legacy Gmail account, uh, but I don't use it for anything. In fact, my Gmail account, my Google account is only for authentication with Google services like um, Google Analytics and YouTube. Um, I don't use Gmail for anything. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with Rackspace Mail. Um, IMAP can be a little slow, like 
with search and moving like a bunch of messages together to another mailbox. Um, but overall, it's been very, very solid. And I'm especially happy about the new dispatch update for iOS 8. Uh, but I guess we talk about this later in the show. Is that is that the plan? <laughs> is that the plan? Okay. Is, there, is there a plan anymore? Who knows? Who knows? I think there is a plan. There's always a there's always a master plan. <laughs> That's right. It's not a uh, not accidental. Mike, what about you? I'm so unhappy with email right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just so sad about the apps that I'm using. None, nothing. I can't find anything that I'm happy with. Um, I use Apple Mail on the iOS because there's no iOS app that I've found that really meets my needs, except Mailbox. I loved Mailbox, but I can't use it because we use um, Fastmail. So we use IMAP. We need IMAP, and Mailbox doesn't support that. Um, Dispatch is good, but Search is like just basically non-existent, or at least it was for me. It like just never worked properly. Um, but I'm thinking about trying it out again, and I've got it downloaded. I also downloaded the new Boxer update for iOS. They just mm-hmm. released version 5, um, and I want to try that out again. Um, I've seen some some praise of it, so I want to give that another go. Maybe one of them will be able to cure my woes on iOS. It's one of my main problems with iOS um, mail at the moment is like the lack of extension support and stuff, so it's just frustrating me. Yeah. Because I can't work it out. Um, so I, you know... And also, I want to be able to open my links in Chrome because that's my web browser of choice on the phone, um, and so I don't get to do that. Um, but I, yeah, I use far, I use a combination of Fastmail, iCloud, and Gmail. Um, different apps, different reasons. Um, and on the Mac, I've been using Airmail, and Airmail has gotten so bad, so fast. Airmail really? two, Airmail two, Airmail two is is making me want to cry. I've uh, never, I've never been a fan of Airmail. It's just, it's clunky, and the, it, it can be very CPU and memory intensive. It's ex- the new ML two is extremely CPU intensive, and it's, it's basically, it's the, the animations are so slow, and everything kind of works weirdly. Yeah, me I use a, I use Mailplane for Google Apps because it's like Gmail and a wrapper, so you get your local contacts and stuff, and it's, it's fine. Everyone I work with uses Airmail, and everyone loves it, but me. I did Sad. love it, but the this this new version I'm I'm not getting on board with. Um feels a little bit rushed. Uh but I can't use mail.app for, for one specific reason. Um I just I cannot stand that if a message is previewed it marks it as read. Like I just cannot understand the logic of that and I don't know why I'm not able to stop it doing that. Uh, and I, I can't, I can't, I can't live like that. I can't live like that. It's like, like I'm living like an animal or something. Um, just because, of, yeah, I, I just don't want all my emails to be marked as read automatically. I like to action them and then they become marked as read, which is the the main reason I use email. I, I was a big sort of um, defendant of uh, the first email, like ML1, but ML2, I'm having a bunch of problems with it. But I think just in general, I'm having problems with Yosemite. So maybe Yosemite is the problem. Um but yeah, uh, that that's what I'm using. But basically, my 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 story is just a story of woe. Uh, <laughs> Maybe had, Google Inbox can solve your woe. Yeah. So this is interesting, right? This just floated by today. Um, I don't think it's going to be able to solve it because it's probably going to be Gmail only. 
I'm sure it is because they're doing all the stuff Google now does of like looking in your email for ticket information and pictures and well, Stephen, funny you should say that. There was some uh, news that came out earlier this week. Uh, there have been some leaked screenshots of the Gmail app for Android allowing you to sign up with Outlook and Yahoo Mail email addresses hmm. into the official Gmail app. Clearly, what and I wouldn't be surprised if, if that's the case. It's in Google's interest to just have all of your email just flow through Gmail. Oh, sure. Uh, but like, Inbox doesn't even work with Google Apps yet, which is crazy. Yeah, but it's it's in beta beta, right? Yeah, it's invite-only beta. Like, but the uh, invite is you send an email. It's so weird. Like, you send an email to, it was inbox at gmail.com, and then it emails you back, and it's like, yeah, okay, thanks, buddy. It's very strange. I, I don't. It I also, know. if you use it in the browser, is Chrome only, which is a whole tangent that Google is actually doing bad things on the internet and splitting up. Go Chrome things. forever. God, no. No. The Why would you ever internet. say that, Mike? I love Chrome. Uh, I don't I don't hate Chrome. I, it destroys your battery on a laptop, but like the internet should be the same regardless of what browser you use. And Google when they sp- are splitting Chrome away from WebKit, it's it's like Internet Explorer used to be. Like you already have to do some things just for Chrome in development and it's only going to become more ridiculous. Ugh, Chrome. Um, no, in all honesty, I do think that that is that is dumb. Like that is just dumb. I it's should bad be able for the, to... It's bad for the internet. Yeah, it like, is. It's, it's Internet Explorer level of bad. Yeah, and, and and not because like Internet Explorer is bad because they were behind the times, and they still are. Like it's it's crazy pants what you have to build around for Internet Explorer. But like Chrome is like a superset on top of WebKit now, and so you're gonna have things that you can only do in Chrome that like just don't work in Safari or let alone whatever's going on at Firefox and Internet Explorer. Like I totally um, I totally get optimizing for your own browser that you make, like optimize for Chrome. Like I think that that is more than acceptable, but don't require it. Like that's just a dumb move. Like it's just not good. It's, you know. Because like, yeah. you know, all the iCloud stuff works better in Safari and all the Google stuff works better in Chrome, but you can use them both. Oh, Google Drive was unusable in Safari six. It's better in Safari seven on Yosemite, but it like it was just unusable and Google didn't care and apparently Apple either didn't probably didn't care or couldn't fix it. It's like I uh, mm, makes me angry. Uh, we should talk about the event. So what do you want to talk about though? So well it's just like day of the soapbox. So a lot of people have been hard on the event for being dull. Like Federico said it before he got started of like, oh, it was just recap. Um, but like they, people have such short memories. Like that's what most Apple events are. Most Apple events are, this is where we've been. Like WWDC keynotes like this. Uh, the first half hour is like, this is how many things we sold. And like, this is how awesome the store is. And look at our market share of upgrades. And like, and like yes, like the, the iPad Air 2 is is exciting the imax is exciting yes the ipad mini is not exciting the mac mini is not exciting except for me but to say that it's like a dull boring keynote like i get it but in context it's i don't think that's a fair assessment and not like oh stop picking on apple like i don't care about that but i think that 
like this is how these events go with Apple and other companies, right? Like they have to lay the groundwork of this is what we're up to, and they have to reshow Yosemite and iOS 8 because not everybody watched the WWC keynote. Like, it might be a little boring for us because we've all been running Yosemite forever, but for the media who's going to like put these stories out into the world, they have to recap this stuff. And I think that's completely fair. And I think that like the idea of, I was like a big letdown. Like I just don't see it. Uh, This is how Apple events normally go last month, obviously was a a unique thing. I think in five years, we're going to recut the, the Apple watch event. Like we've done the iPhone and iPod because it's going to be historical. Not every Apple event, most Apple events are not. I think I was just hoping for more than uh, one iPad and the Retina Mac, though. Like, that was kind of what we got. But, like, they can't deliver, like, all new things all the time. Yeah, but, like, like you know, even to Even the, the point- reviews of, like, the iPad are like, oh, like, it's not much better than the iPad Air. We're like, A, people don't go from iPad Air to iPad Air 2 unless they're insane or Federico. And, like, it, they, can't, they can't turn over the whole thing every time. And so it's about what is going to be updated this year. And like, they, they are cycles of these things. Yeah. But like last week we were talking about how we would love to see some new software from Apple or some software enhancements to the iPad. And we didn't get any of that. So like, but, but, you know, but who put that idea into your head? Like Apple never promised that. Like it, I put it, the idea into his head. Yeah. <laughs> Federic has the blame. <laughs> Federic has the blame. Um, and I, I mean, I get it. Like, I understand. And I, too, wanted those things. Like, I would, like, I think multitasking on the iPad kind of sucks. And it'd be really cool to see some new things there. Um, I think it's very limiting. But, like, I think at the same time, like, we want to get ahead of where Apple is. And, like, mm-hmm. yes, there's, like, lots of indications in iOS 8 that side-by-side apps are happening. But uh, it's their timetable, not ours. Go for it, yeah. Teach. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, is it really getting ahead of ourselves? It's been like, well, three years since Apple uh, released a brand new popular app for the iPad that's not like an adaptation of an iPhone app. Well, Uh, I mean, like GarageBand, iPhoto stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. And then we have. But all their software titles are on the iPad. Like, what are they going to announce? Make a new software title. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what Apple needs to do. Or, you know, professional stuff like Logic or like, uh, what's the other one? Final Cut. Uh, I mean, the, the last iPad apps, the, like the really new iPad apps that we've been getting from Apple are, um, I think, the Apple Store app, uh, Logic Remote, and, um, well, Airport Utility, maybe. Hey, that, that's helpful. Yeah, I mean, if that's exciting, exciting for you, I don't know. I'm just saying, now we have this new iPad Air 2, which is really... You know, awesome. It has a faster processor. It's got three cores and it's got two gigs of RAM. Hooray! And we can run pages in it, which is fine if you use pages. It's just that we have this super special hardware, which is, I think it's probably faster than my MacBook Air. Only my, my MacBook Air can run, you know, a lot of professional software. My iPad can also run professional software, but it feels like like Steve Jobs said, it feels like baby software in a way. And it's just the advancement of Apple software doesn't match the advancements on the hardware perspective. 
And it feels like Apple talks a lot about collaboration between uh, their teams, but it feels like the hardware team is going faster than the software team, probably because the software team has been busy, you know, doing redesigns and fixing <laughs> bugs. Still, yeah, I mean, you know, there's I mean, that's a... like, that's the counter argument of last week of like, they're moving too quickly, they have too many things, annual releases are bad. Like, I don't disagree with you. Like, I think the iPad is underserved by iOS 8 and iOS 8 apps. Like, I think it could do a lot more. And more or less, you can do what you could do on an iPad five years ago. Like, I'm I'm on board with that idea. Uh, totally. Like, I don't I don't want to portray the thought that I'm not. Uh, I just think that that's like that comes with costs and right now mm. apple's burning the candle at both ends on software and so it's just not happening it wouldn't be nice to see you know apple doing stuff with their new software features on ios 8 it would have been nice to see apple saying hey we made these you know ex- extensions for instance and now we're <laughs> doing extensions ourselves instead they demoed you know they spent like 30 minutes doing um, a demo call with Stephen Colbert and they did all this you know, funny, unfunny uh, skits. And, the handshake you know, was pretty funny. Yeah, that, that one was pretty nice. Yeah. Um, so instead, yeah, I would have. It would have been nice to see, you know, another maybe like like Steve Jobs did. Uh, I'm not saying there should be another Steve Jobs. I'm just saying there should be another kind of iPad event. Saying there's a story behind the iPad. You can use it for work. You can use it for entertainment or whatever and you know here's the demos here's the software here's how developers can take advantage of it and instead they just say it's it's thinner it's uh, lighter and it's got a better camera and yeah that's it now i'm not saying that it's not a great ipad in fact i cannot wait to get one it's just that it doesn't really paint a story for the ipad and maybe we need to wait until next year for that hopefully uh yeah and and kind of in hand with that i think one reason people thought the the event was underwhelming i think is is solely at the feet of the ipad mini um you know that the ipad mini 3 is now is the same as the reconned ipad mini 2 which is the ipad mini with retina display uh with, with touch id which like i really like touch id but if i were to buy an ipad mini today i would go ipad mini 2 Almost for sure. Um, uh, and they kept, you know, people in the chat room were talking about, they kept, there's like a, a bajillion iPad SKUs now, but they kept the original iPad mini, which is functionally the iPad mini, or the iPad 2. And they kept the old iPad Air around, you know, so now there's there's five different models of iPad, each with a bunch of different uh, sizes and colors and, you know, uh, it's, there's imagine, just a lot of iPads. Can you imagine using an original iPad Mini like every day now? No, uh, I can tell you, it's not funny. It's not really pleasant at all. I like, tried a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah, I, mean, be, I, yeah. I needed to sell that iPad, right? And um, so I installed iOS eight, and I tried to use it. Not good. Yeah, it was kind of terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like if they keep if they keep selling it, like do they have to support iOS nine? Like I hope not. And like they, I would have been okay if they kept the iPad Mini without the render display and bumped it to an A six. But like the A five processor just won't die, and maybe they only made so many A six because like they just can't. There's no A six devices anymore. Um, 
But it's crazy. And like, I understand from a business perspective, like Apple is trying to spread out the pricing where like, if you want to spend just a couple hundred bucks, you can get an iPad mini um, and you can work your way up and they're, they're always tempting you like, Hey, a little bit more, you get a retina display a little bit more, you get touch ID. Um, but yeah, from a, the iPad mini, the original still being for sale is, uh, it's just crazy. You know, last week on ATP, they were talking about this and, and, uh, John Sarkusa made a really good point of like, why can't Apple, like Apple could make a $249 iPad that wasn't three years old, but instead they just move them further down the line and make them cheaper. And it's like, you know, what if, what if you did a, a iPhone five C style iPad where it's like, yeah, it's like an a six and it's got a plastic shell and like it's lower cost, but no, they just, they keep the old stuff around and, and like the 16 gigs of Ram or 16 gigs of storage and like the four gigs of Ram on the Mac mini, like it's a bad user experience. Like, People are drawn to the cheapest device, and and people who are only going to spend two hundred fifty dollars on an iPad Mini are probably the same type of person who are not going to be like upsold to an iPad Mini two or three, and they're going to have a bad time because, like you said, it's bad on iOS eight. The screen is gross. Uh, I think it. I think Apple's playing this game of like when you get into the low end market. And I think they're hurting themselves long term by doing that with a old device. It seems to be like an element of panic and desperation are not the right words, but they're the only words that can come into my mind. So like you've got this spread of iPad models, then you've got Tim Cook on stage saying about how the iPad has sold more in its first five years than any other product, I think. Which is a super weird stat. Like it's a that's the, it's a fake stat. But, I mean it's real, yeah, yeah. but you're no using one thinks it. about that. Yeah. You've you've found a statistic. You have found a statistic that, that sounds good. good in. Yeah. Because like okay, because Apple of five years ago to today is very different to Apple previously. Yeah. So any product that Apple releases now, new new category should always sell that quickly. And then you've got, like in the earnings call, we found out that the Mac had sold more than the iPad in the last quarter. Yeah, which, which is, is like... weird, weird statistic. Yeah, and, and like we spoke about last week with like post, post-PC devices, the Mac is in a sinking demographic. Like desktop and laptop computers are, like that's a fading part of the market and the fact that Mac beat the iPad despite that is troubling. And like I wrote the other night, like I think Apple with the 2014 holiday iPad lineup, like I think they're experimenting. I think they want to see what, which ones do better because at one end they're trying to, to, to raise the average selling price, which I think is why the iPad mini three is what it is. Like, okay, if you want the best iPad, you get the bigger one. that's more expensive. But on the other hand, like they're trying to go downstream and and do cheaper ones, and so like, I don't, I just don't know what they're doing. And my, the only conclusion I can come to is that they're not sure exactly quite yet how the iPad looks long term. Tim Cook even said that on the call, where like people upgrade these things differently than iPhones, and we're we're figuring that out. And and so if you're from an iPad three or four like my wife has the ipad four which i apologize for every time i pick it up really like the ipad, iPad four yeah yeah Steve the the one of them the mythical ipad four <laughs> it's like legendary but yeah it's uh, i never the iPad saw three one. it's the ipad three with a lightning connector uh i'm probably going to give her my air here pretty soon uh, it's 
like the iPad 2 is great, but year to year, like the iPad 2 is very impressive. But as an iPad Air owner, I'm not tempted by it. Um, and so I think Apple is just figuring this out. And it's weird they're thinking out loud with this in a way that you, you don't see Apple do this very often, where they're like, clearly there's competing ideas, so we're just going to push it all into the market and like see what happens. Not the way Apple works, but I can't get over the fact that I think that's what's going on here. Okay, so um, I'm going to share my opinion. It may not be popular with you guys, um, but still, you know. Um, I think that the iPad will be fine eventually because the, the problem that I see is that, like you said, Stephen, that Apple's timing has been weird. Like they prioritized certain features and revisions or you know, uh, multiple versions available on on the on the market that I don't quite understand. Like, why is Touch ID coming to the iPad only this year, or why do we have three iPad Minis around, uh, or why don't we have more apps by Apple made for the iPad? The timing has been weird, but I honestly believe that the iPad will be fine, and uh, I. I don't tend to believe, you know, what CEOs say during earnings calls or that kind of statements, you know. Uh, But one Tim Cook said that that, mm, the iPad is only going through like a speed bump. Um, Like, I think that's pretty accurate. I I mean, maybe. Or it is that the iPad had really explosive growth at the beginning and now it's settling into what it will always be. Like, I don't think the iPad is ever going to be... Bigger than the Mac? Well, I don't think it's going to like get worse sales-wise. I think it's going to level off about where the Mac is. Again, because people don't upgrade these things every year. And it's a, a tablet. the tablet market in of itself is just a lot smaller than smartphones. Uh, well, so how I, big is the PC market? Uh, not <laughs> shrinking. <laughs> I mean, the PC market's huge. Like, the PC market is insane. But the PC market is not like... People aren't moving to tablets in mass. There are people who do, including yourself, but I think that the average user is not trading out their Dell desktop for an iPad. Well, I think that's the that's the goal for Apple, right? Sure. Go yeah, after that's what they want. Every PC user. So how do they do that? That's the question. That's my, why I think that the timing for some stuff has been weird. I think you got to put flash on it. I I think <laughs> that they need to do it, and this is like an impossible thing. They need to do it by driving the the overall price down but keeping the quality high like which is in like a relatively impossible thing to do but i think that you're only going to see that growth if the if you do, if it's more attractive to upgrade every year or every two years because people will hold on to these things as you say Stephen, for a longer period of time longer than a phone because nobody's subsidizing them and you know, you, nobody wants another contract. I mean, you can get iPads on contracts from networks, but nobody wants that because that's a who terrible wants a idea. second contract? <laughs> yeah, but I think that's the problem. Federico, I, I have a I have a question for you. It's kind of unrelated, but I'm interested to to know your take on it. Do you okay. think that it was a um, a bad idea last year for Apple to put all of that power into the iPad Mini? Why would it be a, a bad idea? Because now this year. We're upset uh-huh. that they haven't upgraded the processor. Oh, yeah, yeah. So do you think uh, that in hindsight, like if they would have yeah. just bumped it a little bit, or then maybe we wouldn't be so frustrated about it this year? Because yeah, last what, year it was kind of like, why have they put this? It's like, the, the curse of same? the A6. The yeah. A6 just can't exist in an iPad Mini. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I just skipped right over it. Uh, yeah, I think 
I think the question isn't whether Apple should have gone easier with the iPad mini last year, is why the, the question is why are they doing this, you know, with the iPad mini 3? I mean, last year they needed to put the retina display on the iPad mini, that's for sure. And they couldn't have gone with the, with the slower processor because that wouldn't be a problem with the, with the, with the higher right. res display. So they needed to go with the, with the variation of the A7. The problem is this year, why is it impossible for Apple to do the same strategy as last year? Uh, with the iPad mini 3. So what I've been thinking about this. So either it's a political decision, so we want to push the iPad Air 2 because we believe that uh, the people want the bigger size iPad and then we're going to do the iPad Pro and the iPad mini will slowly die or at least stay as the underpowered iPad that costs a little less money. Or the problem is technical. We cannot put the, put the anti-reflective stuff, we cannot put the new processor into the iPad mini this year, so we're gonna be weird this year, and maybe next year we'll, we'll fix it. Uh, I don't know. See, that's the thing. We're doing a show about these problems and we don't know the real answer. We can only speculate. Um, I, think, I think that last year was amazing for the iPad mini. Like, in retrospective, I think we'll remember the first-gen Retina iPad mini as, you know, fantastic device the way that we remember i don't know like the ipod uh was what was the the popular one like the mini the nano yeah. what's what's the name we, we even did a show about about this uh <laughs> you know uh, i think we we'll remember the the second gen ipad mini as a you know a breakthrough for apple um the iPad Mini 3, I, I want to believe that it will go down in history like the iPad 4. Like, it's so weird. Like, why does it exist? Yeah. Um, no, I don't think last, last year was a mistake, Mike. I, th- I think what we're going to see is the processes trickle down now. So next year, the Mini will get the A8. 8 8 I think that's how it will go on. I think that there was there was either a technical thing with the A6 or it re- or the Mini required an A7 to power the Retina display, and it was kind of like what we need to make a decision. We can't not have the Retina display, so let's let's level them out. Yeah, and then and they- from now they'll that it will fall into the iPad Air's the top of the line iPad. Then there's two different, you know, there's, then there's the iPad Mini, and there's two different models of each or whatever. And there's some there's some weirdness around the processors too. The A7 was the same everywhere, as far as we know. The, the you know the Retina or the iPad 2 has an A8X, not the regular A8 that the phones have. And so, assumedly, the iPad Mini would also need the A8X to to you know handle the display. And so, is there an issue there with whatever the differences between the A8 and the A8X? Um, you know, early testing shows it has a third core. Was that the issue? Um, but you know. The the uh, iPad Mini two and iPad Mini three have to have slightly different processors, anyways, because they're using Touch ID, which has the security stuff that the um, the old iPad didn't. So, like, was that always there in the iPad Mini? They just added the Touch ID button, or did they did they rework the iPad Mini three in some way that's minor? Um, but I think Federico is absolutely right. We're really not going to know for a year what what's going on you know is the ipad mini going to go back to being the little brother or is it going to be you know that hey 2014 was kind of weird for reasons we don't ever really know and they'll be back on track or apple's just experimenting like 
the iPad mini was a huge success. You know, the, the average selling price of the iPad dipped the first quarter of the iPad mini was for sale. It's, it's a very popular product. And so is Apple looking at maybe the reasons it is so popular? Is it the size? Is it that it's the same power as the big one? Or what are those factors? So I think, I think today we really can't say for sure what's going on until there's a, a few more dots on that line. So let's talk about purchasing. So I mean, I've stuck by how I felt, and I'm I'm not, I've not even considered a new iPad. Um, Stephen, are you standing by your guns, or have you bought an iPad Air yet? I have not bought anything. Uh, we spoke about this last week. You know, I bought an iPad Air a year ago, and it's in my review of the iPad Air that I bought. The, I went to the bigger screen because the keyboard was better, uh, with the idea that I would write on the iPad, and I honestly don't write on the iPad very much. It's it's basically a consumption device for me. And so I've I've sort of thought about picking up a iPad Mini 2 um, just to go smaller again because I, I like that form factor. I just hated the keyboard. Um, but I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do. So for you know I also have like an original iPad mini floating around at the house. I have an iPad 4 that I need to replace for my wife because it's just like carrying around a bag of sand. So I don't know. I'll I'll keep you guys uh I'll keep you posted on what I do. Federica, what are you doing about your consumption device? <laughs> what I'm doing about my creation device <laughs> is that I'm, I'm going with the iPad Air, man. I mean, I have to, right? What if Apple does some new software feature just for the iPad Air 2 because it's got more RAM and because it's got a faster processor? I so need you're, to going, to... you're going back full size? Yeah, yeah. I, wow. You know, I need to go bigger this year and um, go big or go home teach yeah I mean I'm gonna miss my iPad mini friend you know <laughs> uh, I, I'm saying goodbye this week you could we keep both having, we're having like a ceremony no I don't oh. want to do I don't want to do you know all the how I'm using I don't want to pull a Dave Morin you know uh, I just want an iPad yeah and, iPad um, night iPad no not really uh, <laughs> you know that's a lot of money also um I want to I want to try the latest and greatest features so to essentially future proof my iPad experience and also because you know we I've been talking about um, not using a Mac like for real real this time and so a bigger screen maybe you know I'm growing older my eyesight is getting worse <laughs> like so maybe you know you know I'm I'm becoming in a way an Italian Stephen you know uh, I need I, you know I need I need bigger displays and stuff so. <laughs> I actually have an eye appointment next week. It's that's sad. See, see, see. So, um, yeah, I'm going with the with the new Air because uh, primarily because I want to make sure that if Apple does, you know, multitasking is only for the iPad Air too. I don't think it's gonna happen, but you never know. So, yeah, I'm getting Space Gray 64, uh, Wi-Fi and 4G. I'm I'm about to drop my cash to the Apple Store. Yeah, gold, right? You're going gold? No, no, space gray, no, not gold. Yeah, you're going to go gray gold, stuff. right? Gold no, 128. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> gold 128 gold Wi-Fi, one. yeah? That's, that's what you space, gray, space gray is definitely the uh, the way to go. You know, I'm a little skeptical about my choice for the smart cover. I wanted to go, you know, standard black uh, <laughs> yeah. cover. I'm thinking about like uh, like doing like Mike does, just... Yeah. Picking a random color and Go going bright. with it. No, no colors are random. They're, they're picked. 
go bright. I'm oh, thinking yeah? about getting one of the lime green cases. <laughs> See, for my, I was going to say Plus. that. I was with Mike when he bought his iPad. Th- was it your iPad 3 you bought here in Memphis? Yeah. And you were guilted into buying the Apple Red leather yeah. smart cover by the Apple Store guy. I didn't even the, want the red one. I wanted like a green one or a blue one. And he was like, and he was like, no, this one helps AIDS. And oh, so there's like, probably there's probably a, a Casey Lee's uh, way to to refer to these iPads and covers when you when you put them together. Like if you pick a green cover or a yellow cover, is that a lemon pad mini? <laughs> yeah, or something. Probably. Uh, <laughs> well, you got you got to believe that the guy has multiple, you know, nicknames for Apple devices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> World's greatest nicknames. On that note, let me tell you about my friends at Hover. Hover is the best way to buy and manage domain names. It's been my place of choice for so long I couldn't think about going anywhere else to buy a domain name these days if I want a domain name hover.com is where I go when it comes to starting a new project naming is like the hardest thing I've been listening to this uh, new podcast called Startup and on it they're talking about naming um, how they name their their podcast company that they're working on creating and it reminded me of when me and Stephen were trying to think up names for Relay FM. <laughs> it was bad. Uh, I say think up when we were arguing for about two weeks um, about names and I had two, two things that I would do to check on a name. Uh, I would ask Stephen if he thought it was a good idea and then I would search for it on Hover because if you can't get the domain name you want, then you may as well go back to the drawing board again. And Hover makes it so easy to check this stuff. You can go in, type some keywords, or just type the words that you're looking for. It's going to show you all of the TLDs that are available, and it's going to make you be able to purchase them super easy, super quick. You're not bugged with a thousand screens to try and get through. They just want to make sure, and Hover really do. Like When I spoke to Hover, they was like, tell people that the, one of the reasons we do this is because we know that people come to us like at the last moment. So we want to be able to get them out and on their way and onto their projects as soon as they can be. And I love that idea. They, they Hover are like a great supporter of creative stuff. Um, they're always doing things like, like pledging to Kickstarters and things like that. And obviously they help support podcasts because they they know like that their place is to help people. But people are coming to them at the last stage when they're at their last moment and they want to get out there and get their website or their project into the world. Hover have all of the TLDs that you expect. They have .com, .co, .me, .sexy, .coffee, you know, all, all the ones that you expect to see at a domain register these days. They have great prices. Their .coms are $12.99. They include free who is privacy. They believe your private information should stay private. You shouldn't have to pay for that. You simply should not have to pay to keep your home address off of the internet like you just shouldn't have to pay for that and hover give you that for free they have fantastic customer support they're renowned for this they have a no hold no wait no transfer telephone support policy you'll talk to somebody and you'll talk to that one person and they will be able to help you with what you need but if you prefer to do email stuff they have great email support i've used that a bunch they have volume discounts for bulk domain renewals so if you have like a thousand domain names like i do you can just get a, a better price by renewing them all at the same time they can help you out with email stuff like they can help you out with email addresses and storage and forwarding and so much more so go to hover.com and try them out I know that you're going to be satisfied. And you can get 10% off your first purchase at hover.com if you use the code OLDSTEVEN, all one word. <laughs> With a PH? 
with a PH, of course, we're talking about you. Uh, so if you use the code OLDSTEVEN at checkout, not only will you be showing your support for Real AFM, you'll also be showing Hover.com that you love us. Thank you so much to Hover for sponsoring this episode of Connected. That code is excellent. I didn't know that that was the code until just now. That's pretty good. So, OS 10, 10.10, Yosemite. Uh, here. Do we, really, do we really have to? No, we're not going to do that again. OS 10 Yosemite is here. Uh, what do you guys think? What about you, Federico? Let's start with you. Um, okay. So, um, yeah, I don't know what to think, honestly. I mean, the new design is fine, I think. I don't get, probably because I'm not a designer, you know. Uh, I don't get all the designer criticism that the OS is getting like, oh, this font size is specially wrong. I don't understand. Like, the ligatures are all wrong. I, I don't get it. I don't understand. Like, there's a new font. Okay, fine. Um, honestly, I'm, I'm not trolling or anything. Um, it looks fine. Some parts look weird. Some parts look okay. Others are really nice. Um, like, the new dock is really nice. Notification center is really nice. Um, what else? Uh, the new finder. Um, um, there's a. I like that you can use the preview pane in any view. I don't. I never use the new mail features for iCloud Drop. No, mail drop. I think it's called for attachments. Someone tried to send me an attachment by that today, and it failed. <laughs> yeah, I never use that. Uh, what else? I like widgets. Is that a, is that even a question? I like widgets. Like I keep dashboard two of widgets. Them. Dashboard no, widgets. Stephen, the modern era widgets. Yeah, uh, I don't know why dashboard is still a thing. Uh, I like extensions, uh, especially in Safari, because uh, yeah. they they bring up little sheets that are consistent with the Twitter and Facebook sheets. So that's yeah. nice. The um, Tumblr one is pretty great. Yeah, I have the um, Todoist one, and I try the uh, Wonderlist. A uh, couple of others. Um, that's nice. iTunes is a mess, honestly. I, I don't understand how Apple manages to make iTunes more difficult every year. They must have some kind of, you know, strategy to, to move stuff around and just make it a puzzle for people. Um, so that's really not okay with me. Uh, messages is fine. Still has all the issues with, you know, um, doing group chats, using your phone address or email address, and then you get split threads. I know that you and you guys, we've, we've tried many times to have a, a group chat without having multiple threads on messages for the Mac. Uh, I've never seen anybody else complain about this other than us. Uh, I don't know if us. it's a thing or if it's just so us. I, yeah. It was a I, thing with the Mac Stories team also. So it's probably me at this point. One um, thing I've done is I've turned off iMessage to my email addresses. It is only my phone number now because that's I don't. A good idea. Yeah. Because my my personal email is a super easy to guess and like not really all that private anymore. And so my phone number is. And I figure if I'm texting with somebody, like it's fine if they have my phone number. And that has helped because it. What happens is when iMessage threads split, it it goes to an alternative contact information for somebody so say the three of us are all using our phone numbers it splits and all of a sudden mike is texting from his email address so not for no apparent reason and uh, so i'm hoping that cuts it down 
for me at least, uh, anything that I'm causing into the world. But um, can I anyways. finish with the controversial? Please, opinions? yes. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to jump in. Please, please. No, no, I know. Um, it is still OS 10. You know, it's not like a major change. I mean, there's a new the the, uh, the bones the, are the same. Yeah, there's a new design. There's a you know the, the things are uh, a little flatter and the, there's a trans- transparencies all over the place. But it's still it is still OS 10. You know, the buttons are still in the same place mostly. Uh, it's just a different style, right? Uh, I don't think that OS 10 um like it's not changed right it's still the same operating system and i think that i, I don't see how it can fundamentally change at this point like os10 is here to stay and there's going to be different features but i don't think that apple is you know changing how people put files on their desktop uh it is still the same structure, and maybe the structure is going to stay. There's the new stuff with, you know, iOS integration with continuity and handoff. Um, Which is cool when it works. It's cool <laughs> when it works. And, and see, getting phone calls on my Mac, that's really nice. Getting... Um, I love it. Text, yeah, same. Getting text messages to propagate across all, every device is really nice. Uh, especially when you use like two-factor authentication, uh, you get the verification code on your Mac, which is nice. Um, handoff, I don't really get. Like, I get the idea; it is cool. It makes for a cool demo, but it just seems practical everyday usage. When I'm doing something on my iPhone, I finish it on my iPhone. When I when I'm starting an email on the iPad, I usually finish it on the iPad. And same with the Mac. If I start a document on the Mac, I don't want to carry that over to you know, with a handoff gesture to the, to the phone. Maybe it's just me, but you know, um, I get why a lot of people are excited about Yosemite because they use OS Ten a lot. So to conclude, I'm sorry if this took too long. Um, I guess I'm not excited by it because I just don't use it anymore several hours every day. So So I do. I mean, we've it's not news to anybody who listens that I, I consider myself um a Mac, Mac power first. user. Yes. <laughs> I think it's a podcast. <laughs> Never been on it. Uh so you guys have. Um I haven't yet. Yeah. I can't believe you beat me to it. If you're listening, Mac Power users, you are my white whale. The mic power user. Oh, God. Yeah, you're a mic uh, power user. That should be a show. <laughs> there already is. Just I think it's it. this show. I think it's this show. <laughs> so I, I consider myself Mac first. I consider myself, I think, I'm in the upper tier of Mac users. And I agree with you completely, Federico, that OS X is still OS X, right? Like, Things still work the same way. It still feels the same. If you sat, this is my test, right? If you sat somebody in front of like 10.0, 10.1, 10.2, could they use Yosemite? And the answer, of course, is yes. Like it looks different, actually. In some ways, Yosemite looks much more like OS or like OS 10.0, 10.1. It's it's the same OS, right? They've been refining it. They've been polishing it. I think Yosemite is a little weird because, like, if you draw a um. If you draw a line uh, through the versions of OS X and how they look, um, I, I, which I did back in April on 5.12, uh, looking at 
how Aqua has evolved. Yosemite is a natural evolution uh, for OS X. It's just skipped over several middle steps. And they didn't go all iOS 7 on it. Like It, it, it looks like OS X and iOS merged and combined their UI elements. Um, what my problem is, and what, what I wrote about in my UI review, is that there are some serious trade-offs in Yosemite uh, with the design that I think really hurt usability in places. So my, my favorite thing, um, maybe ever, and by favorite, I mean least favorite ever, is there's a screenshot uh, in my review about halfway down of mail.app sitting in front of uh, Safari with CNN loaded. And so you get this like crazy red background in the mail app, but only in parts of the mail app because not even all of it's translucent the same way. And it's like, that's translucency and like the idea that content like slides below the window UI and like you get this really nice vibrancy to see what's back there. That's really nice on iOS and it works on iOS because it's one app at a time. But the second you have overlapping windows, you run into all sorts of weird issues. And in this mail example, the, the problem is that all of a sudden, parts of my UI are bright red, and bright red seems bad. And it's only because, like, the because of the background. You know, Craig Federico got on stage and said, "Look, like with Yosemite, like your desktop wallpaper gives your computer personality, right?" So I use a very dark uh, wallpaper on my Mac, and so like my Finder windows are darker, and my dark my dock is darker, and like, but if I make it like you know, some crazy rainbow color, then my computer feels more vibrant and bright and happy. And like, that's, that's great, but it doesn't work because it it leads to all sorts of readability and legibility issues. It leads to all sorts of like these weird edge cases. Um, So if you have multiple windows open, say you have multiple finder windows open, only the foremost one picks up the translucent uh, sidebar and the ones in the background, the inactive windows don't. And I think that's, fine it's easier to tell in some ways what an active window is but most of the time your active window is on top of other ones so the desktop doesn't even come through clearly like it's a great idea it's just an execution there's lots of problems with this ui that clearly apple's okay with um like dark mode is just broken in places like i've got screenshots running the final uh gm which is only like which is basically the final build and like the dark menus look really cool, but then they're just broken in places. And sometimes they're more translucent than other times. Like the vibrancy is weird in dark mode. It's just, it doesn't feel as complete and as polished as I would expect it to at this point. So I don't have an awful lot more to say, except I'm just having some weird things happen. Like I've had to turn off transparency because for some reason... Like, I'm just having terrible performance issues with mission control spaces and expose. Trying to move from space to space right now is like a multiple swipe gesture because, like, it goes like halfway and then I have to keep swiping for it to go the whole way. Um, I don't really know what's going on. Um, yeah, you sent me that video, and like, my first thing was, like, well, show me what activity monitor is doing. Like, is something eating up 400% of your CPU? And it wasn't, everything was idling. Mm hmm. And you and I have the same computer, like the exact same machine. Mm-hmm. So maybe I need to uh, check the K-Base, reset the PRAM. And... You probably should reset the PRAM. Um, 
We also haven't even made fun of the Finder icon yet. I like it. Should. I like oh. it. Did you see? Uh, I linked He's to so it. He's so happy in the dark. I know? love him in that way. He's like smiling at me. He's like, "Hey, Did Mike, you s- you're doing a good job, buddy." <laughs> yeah, Did you like see him. the East- the Easter egg in the review? A friend of mine uh, made the Finder icon into Walter White. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Uh, why? Well, because it looks methed out was the adjective I used. Okay, I was gonna say mellow, but sure, we can go with that. Methed out. I'm really good at um adjectives. My parents are very proud. So, like, all in all, like, Yosemite's a great update to OS X. And in hindsight, it's crazy that iOS and OS X weren't better siblings until now. Um, and yes, there's weirdness. Like, you have to have a Mac that does Bluetooth low energy. And, like, sometimes my Mac thinks I can open a Pages document, like, from my iPad that's, like, in a different building. Like, there's weirdness to it. But I think those sort of issues will get ironed out. And I think that it's great that you can move more seamlessly between your your especially for me my iphone and my mac but i'm just not sold on some of the visual changes and for me thankfully it's easy i just turned off transparency and my mac looks sane again but uh i think it's just one of those things that maybe they went a little too far like people said that about ios 7 but then ios 8 didn't really bring any of that back um so i'm not holding out that this is going to be better in the future but at least you can you can make some changes in system preferences to make it a little more sane. One other thing that I just found frustrating is the messages app window is bigger and I can't make it back to the size it was before. Sometimes messages app will follow your mouse around. So you tab away from it and click into Safari and the messages window will follow you and be <laughs> behind where your cursor is. Hey, buddy, don't forget about your friends in no, there. No, you got to text people. Like... <laughs> Um, that one's fun. And my, my favorite Yosemite bug <laughs> is that sometimes you'll tab away from finder, but finder will still be in the, f- like finder will be in the background. Like instead of finder in the upper left-hand window, you see Safari, but then you click in Safari and the finder window comes back to the front. It's like, no, I put you back there. You're not the foreground app, but it's like finder is really self-important now and he's methed out. So he's just there all the time. Finder and messages are working together. Yeah. They want you They're, to send uh, some files to friends. Walt and Jesse. That's all they want. So I don't know. Like, uh, it's fine, I guess. Uh, the features are nice. I'm just... Um, and uh, I, I don't think... This is not me being grumpy, right? This is like, there are usability problems with Yosemite. Hmm. I think if I weren't... If I was not, sorry, having this issue that i'm having with 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 uh, mission control i would be very happy on the whole i think it looks fine i like how good it makes my retina mac look um i actually quite like the change to helvetica because it yeah, looks it's so really good on, nice. on the retina mac like it just looks so good um so once i get that i i think that i i, I don't know if I, so it's interesting thing okay i have this problem more often when I use the trackpad than when I use my magic mouse. On my magic mouse, the spaces go fine. Like I can flick between them fine. But on my trackpad, that's when I start to see the hangups. So it's weird. Don't you should definitely do some PRAM safe boot. Yeah. I just have maintenance type stuff. But yeah, I should I'm gonna do I'm gonna mail do it that. to me, I could do it. I'm not that seems like a no 
Well, not, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Connected. If you'd like to find the show notes for this week's episode, Federico, where can they go? Well, they can go to relay.fm slash connected slash one o. Excellent work, buddy. If you'd like to find us online, here's some places you can do that. Um, you can go to 512pixels.net to find Stephen. He's also at ISMH. For Federico, you can go to maxstories.net. He's at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. And me and Federico host another show on this fine network called uh, Virtual. It's about video games. And if you've never heard Virtual before, um, you should take a listen to last week's episode, episode 9, where we spoke about Gamergate. Um, yeah, can I, I meant to say that at the top of the show. I just wrapped that episode up yesterday. And, like, you guys did an excellent job at explaining, like, the background of it. And um, I could not be prouder of the two of you for calling out the uh, just the complete insanity that's going on around that, that topic. People are terrible. Yep. So, good job. Basically, Federico did a really good job of explaining it. And then I just shouted. <laughs> That was effectively, effectively <laughs> what happened. Uh, if you want to hear that, you should go. It's a virtual episode nine. I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. You can find me on Relay FM, which is this fine podcast network of which you're listening to a show on. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you'd like to find our sponsors, then you should go to lynda.com and hover.com. We'll be back next week. Say goodbye, gentlemen. Arrivederci. Adios.